This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I trust you had a wonderful Christmas, and if you didn't, best luck uh, for a new year and for uh, good health and prosperity in 2023. I had a wonderful several days with my family. Uh, just and it's not the gift giving, it's not the gift receiving, it's just being with the people. You care about the most in the bosom of your home. And that's what it was all about for me Saturday. And I had to I had to go back and watch the Bears game a second time because I was busy preparing a Christmas Eve feast for my wife, Sherry, and for my man cubs. And uh, my oldest son, Van, is married. His wife, my youngest son, is, is dating a, a, a woman who's got two kids. So I had little ones over as well. So uh, Santa's workshop was what my house was all about on Saturday. And I've always favored Christmas Eve. Some people have asked me in recent years, does, you know, it must suck not seeing your kids on Christmas Day. Uh, their mother, Jill, my first wife, and I got separated 20 years ago. And it's like, no, you know, I've always been a Christmas Eve guy. My entire life, Christmas was Christmas Eve. It was it was the anticipation of Santa. And because we always went to my mom's parents' house on the weekend or on uh, Christmas day, they would let us open our presents on Christmas Eve. Once we faked falling asleep, uh, waiting for Santa to come, you know, you get up, you open your presents at nine o'clock, you play with them for three or four hours. And then it's a lot easier to go to grandma and grandpa's the next day. You've got your stuff. You know how it's functioning. The stuff you can take with you, you do. You're not going to take a racetrack if you're into that sort of thing. But, you you know, you get my point. Christmas Eve always has been the biggie for me. And uh, I had to go back and watch the Bears and Bills. And I'll do uh, I'll do a little on the Bears and Bills today for you and just a little on Saturday's games. They're now two days old. And we had some crazy drama yesterday in the league. And the way it all shakes out now after 16 weeks is we have a tremendous week 17 and week 18 forecast full of divisional games that swing wild card berths in a couple of cases division champions will will be you know the Jaguars have gone to being the favorite now in the AFC South after their win Thursday night coupled with another Tennessee stumble and they've got each other before the year's over the NFC East still has some things to decide but uh some amazing drama. I just can't help but grin ear to ear at this product for so many years now. And it's gotten so much better since the league added those division games for the final weekend of the season or the last two weekends in many cases. 
you might recall when the Bears would close the year against the Houston Texans, uh, and they got thrashed on a uh, final week of the season date against Houston years ago, uh, back in the Andre Johnson era in um, in, in Houston. But uh, I, I just find this stuff fascinating. And yesterday, man, it was like reality TV. I'll get to yesterday's games after I get to some notes on the Bears and the Buffalo Bills. It was a real, real lousy game, as you know. For the Bears' passing attack, Fields, Justin Fields only throwing 23 times, and the Bears average just 4.3 yards per attempt. It, it's it's the same old song and dance. When are we going to see this? And I know the weather sucked, okay? I understand that. But when are the Bears going to do him a service and let him throw the ball 30 times? Now, with Nathan Peterman getting in, they did as a club get to that. But you want to see Fields get an opportunity to do more and they couldn't they couldn't run the ball the nfl's most daunting rush offense fell asleep against the buffalo defense fields included a long run of seven yards that's not how the bears are going to be in games and that's why buffalo pasted them 35 to 13 the bears fall to three and 12 they have lost eight in a row and uh it, crazier things have happened uh, in terms of how these last couple of weeks could go and where the Bears pick because the, the Texans had to go and win a game over the weekend, and they have another winnable game coming up. Ooh, boy, if the Bears were to get the number one pick, man, wouldn't that be a thing? That there, If there's anything good you could say about the Bears Sunday, it is the two rookies in the secondary, and actually – you know, more than just Kyler Gordon, who had an interception Sunday, a real nice play and a nice return after. And Jaquan Brisker, who had the Bears' only sack uh, of the day, it gives you a reason to believe these guys, while they have had some bumps along the way, hell, you're going to have your rookies playing corner or slot corner in the NFL, you're going to have bad days as a first-year player, and they have had those. Even when they have played well on occasion, they've they've had stumbles along the way. But I think in the last four or five games in particular, for Gordon, um, he has been a different player since coming back recently from the uh, concussion where he missed a couple of weeks. And the same thing with Brisker. So there there is a reason to be optimistic, at least about one positional grouping, the secondary. And that's not perfect either because they have to make a difficult decision on Eddie Jackson after this season. Jalen Johnson, who's been IR'd for the year with his rib, uh, is is going to be back for year number four next year. And and he's, he's a serviceable player. That's as far as I'm willing to go on Jalen Johnson. But these kids on Sunday did a terrific job. They took Stephon Diggs out of the Buffalo game plan. And that's that's not easy to do. Diggs was targeted only twice. He caught two passes for 26 yards. As, as the Bills, you know, dictated by the weather largely, Josh Allen only threw 26 times as well. It wasn't like he was setting up shop for a big day in a nice, warm weather, cozy, cozy environment. That wasn't the case at all. Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox had three catches, most on the Bills. Here's a number for you. Uh, a game-high five catches for Cole Komet. Oh, boy. 
um, a long of seven as the Bears offense just sputtered and was dreadful on third down. They and they were bad on fourth down as well. The Bears were two of 12 on third and one of four on fourth down. That's dreadful offense. And you're missing your two best receivers, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. But you would hope by now some of the moves that were made by Ryan Poles, some of the band-aids. They got it wide out during the offseason. Your Byron Pringles, uh, Equinemia St. Brown, who's also out at this time. Uh, the dude from New England, the high the high pick, um, Nikhil Harry. He's not been able to stay in the field. You got Dante Pettis leading the way for your wide receiving group. That's That's dreadful. That is not NFL caliber talent. And I'm not going to put all of what what Fields isn't doing as a passer on him. He's largely the reason. But there are contributing factors. And again, whether a huge part of of Saturday's loss to Buffalo. But you would suspect, because the Bears can run the ball, and not just with the quarterback, David Montgomery has been very, very good. And when he's healthy, and that's not been all the time. And the same thing. With Khalil Herbert, who's back, the Bills were willing to play, you know, gummy it up football and get what they call in hockey, the greasy goals. What's been my criticism? If you've been with me either here on the podcast all year or on my terrestrial show for the last two years now, what is missing with these Buffalo Bills that everybody seems to have so much high regard for? They're 12 and 3. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. What's been missing is a pounded-up-your-ass mentality. Their best running back's been their quarterback for two years now. Yesterday was the first game this season when the Bills got a a, a three-digit game out of their running. First time this year, I got verklempt. Devin Singletary, 12 carries for 106 yards. First time they had a guy in the running, a running back who got to 100 yards. And they almost had two of them because James Cook, Dalvin's little brother, was very good Saturday as well. He had 11 carries for 99 yards. Both Singletary and Cook with a rushing touchdown. Allen had a rushing touchdown as well. They ran it up to Bears' giggy. The Bears couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't run the football. That is so dispiriting. I am so, hell, if it were nice Saturday, I wouldn't have gone. It's Christmas Eve, man, and even if it weren't, I wouldn't have gone because I'd rather be at home watching the greatest game ever invented because there's so much drama, and I wouldn't want to be reduced to just having to watch the Bears' JV offensive line and their JV front seven. You go another week without a D lineman or a backer sacking the quarterback. You can't have that, and that is such a need that is so obvious. Off-season, free agency. Free agency is where Ryan Poles needs to go and get somebody who can put the opposing quarterback horizontal. My God, that's a bad defense, except for the kids. The kids kids are all right. Brisker and Gordon are going to be okay. Um, but you know, they're part of a defense too, that gave up 29 second half points. They got no help in front of them. Who knew 
the Bears would miss the great Jack Sanborn, the undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin, as much as they did. I knew that they wouldn't be good. I had the bills. I told you last week, if you were paying attention, and on Bet Rivers, we released the day of the game, it was often the day before the game, picks of the local teams. I do it in Chicago, like Parkins does it in Chicago, Schlereth and Stokely do it in Denver. Um, radio God, Brandon Stokely out there. My goodness, what a what a survivor he was in the NFL. But I'm getting off topic. Anyway, you can find that on Twitter every every week. So follow Bet Rivers Podcast Network and follow Bet Rivers Sportsbook on Twitter as well. So you can get all of our picks. I went big on the Bears. I also like the over. The total here went off at 40 and a half. So the double dip there, getting me redemption. If you wanted to fade me, this would have been a bad week to do it for the local heroes. You don't want to fade daddy here. Because I've been right most of the time about the Bears. That's because I usually play against them, and they've only covered five times this year in 15 dates. I'm going to look into some numbers in a little bit about Justin Fields, the passer. And, you know, park, trying my best to park a narrative where you build facts around to support your narrative and and it gets sometimes a little bit muddy. The, the big picture gets muddied because of that. So I want to make it clear when I do that after the around the league stuff that my, my thoughts on fields and how far he has to go are as a passer, not as a runner, not as a leader, not as an athlete, but as a passer. It's staggeringly bad. And it's worse than you probably realize. But Going to the Christmas Day doubleheader. Uh, did you catch Jim Nance and Tony Romo in their Christmas sweaters for the uh, second game yesterday? <laughs> that was a good look. That that those two guys could you all they were missing was Phil Sims in a in a Santa suit between them. That would have been terrific. It was really good drama earlier in the day with the Packers keeping their playoff hopes alive, 26-20 winners in Miami. The Rams in the second game getting the job done at home against the Broncos, 51-14, and the Buccaneers eking out the overtime win against Arizona Sunday night, 19-16. But you look at Five of the six starting quarterbacks for yesterday's Christmas Day double and night doubleheader, tripleheader, are our household names who have been largely debated this year. The, these are some of the most polarizing figures in the game today. And as it shook out, the drama could not have been any higher than it was for the Packers and Miami. Aaron Rodgers, arguably the most disliked player in the NFL, has has scratched and clawed his team back into a playoff possibility. This is a club that was in free fall, and right right now, there they are, a part of the mix at 7-8. and eight. They beat the Dolphins yesterday because Tua Tungavailoa was dreadful. And there's another of your five of the six quarterbacks who played yesterday, who has been talked about, perhaps the league's most sympathetic figure earlier in the year. 
you recall the neurological trauma that was so even to a layman who doesn't understand that deep of of medic have a medical understanding i'm getting all excited here because i do i know neurology now You, you get old enough you learn everything but there were people talking about Tua in the conversation for MVP in those three second half interceptions he threw yesterday. I got a bud, Chad Pavich, a Highland guy who moved to Miami, and he he goes to the Dolphins games. He loves it, and he says he he doesn't he they they don't think they track this, but he also has to lead the league in what look like obvious interceptions and those that aren't caught because. Maybe it's the level of shock my buddy Pav suggests. The guys drop them when they're thrown right to him because it's almost like Tua sometimes leads these guys. But, man, he the overshoot that led to the Jair Alexander interception, it's like, where is he going? And then he underthrows uh, on the interception by Rasul Douglas, his third of the game. The Dolphins also lost a fumble. They they are sinking fast in Miami right now on the outside looking in, and that's a date at home where they again can't run the football. And Green Bay, to its credit, gets another win, and they're going to have something to say about this wild card deal. Never thought we'd get here when the Packers were just coming apart at the seams. It appeared, God, that was that was a good game with drama. I had Miami yesterday. I I won't say that again this year. I had the Dolphins, and it turned out to be just an absolutely horrific move. So you've got two nationally debated, discussed quarterbacks, the most despised player in the game, likely in Rodgers, for the first game. And then you have in the afternoon set, Russell Wilson going on the road to take on Baker Mayfield, another of the NFL's most disliked characters. (laughs) A guy who's on his third team this season, a team that won the Super Bowl last year and has already secured itself the worst year after winning a Super Bowl trophy. That's your Rams. That's that's Sean McVay's Rams. And Mayfield yesterday threw laser beam touchdown passes a couple of times. He was crazy good for the Rams. Say what you want about Denver. Man, he looked like the player they thought he was going to be in Cleveland when they drafted him several years ago. He was zipping it, and Cam Akers was running it. And Russell Wilson, again with a bad wedding. The Denver Broncos, man, I, I can't think of a fan base right now that has to feel as little hope for the next three or four years than they do in Denver. You got a general manager in George Payton who's done very little right. He drafted last year Javante Williams, but he's been out all year with a knee, the second-round running back out of North Carolina. You you will hire a boob in Nathaniel Hackett. That's your first head coaching hire. 
and then you 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 make the Russell Wilson deal and guarantee him 165 million. And when you hear the figure of 240 or 250, when people attach that to Russell Wilson, that's erroneous. That is the total value of the deal. It's it's only guarantee only. Uh, it's easy to say when it's someone else's money. It's only guaranteeing him 165 mil though. When you hear the Broncos are 250 in the hole, no, that's not right. It's only 165. That organization is just dreadful, and the Rams just had themselves some fun last uh, last night, it's late in the afternoon. But uh, man, was that was that was an easy one. I'm glad I'm glad I played the Rams getting points against the Broncos, Russell Wilson. And how about his ex-teammate, Bobby Wagner, with a beautiful interception of Willie, little Willie Willie. And they're stuck with him. They are stuck with freaking Russell Wilson. You can't unload him because he's done. Uh, and the contract, you you got to – he's your quarterback for at least the next two years. Whether Mayfield sticks with the Rams, I, I don't know – it sure looks like they ought to, doesn't it? With Stafford's future so unclear. Man, so you get those two games, just uh, four terrific national games for quarterbacks. And then the greatest of all time plays last night. And he's no longer the greatest of all time. He threw a couple of interceptions last night that were just dreadful. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers survive, however. They win the game on a field goal in overtime just to create some some more drama because they're still alive in fact they're they're expecting to win the NFC South Panthers did their job over the weekend but uh beating the Lions but geez if Kyler Murray would have played last night it really would have been reality TV NFL for uh, all day it's an all day NFL marathon of reality TV Man, binge watch it as Aaron Rodgers gasping for his last breath at a playoff with Green Bay. And, oh, man, I I enjoyed the hell out of all this yesterday. Some of the biggest names in the game on display for everybody. And Mayfield getting redemption. And, man, that one he threw to Higby. Oh, my God, was that zipped it in there. I get excited when guys do really cool things. Even if I don't like them, I don't like Baker Mayfield. I bet the Rams because they were playing Denver. How can Denver be a favorite on the road against anybody, including the Houston Texans? And I'll get to the Texans in a little bit, but a note or two on Saturday's games. I'm not going to go through them like I typically do. As I said, we're two days removed now, but some uh, some real important games to teams like Dallas which beat Philadelphia. The Eagles suffer their second loss of the year without Jalen Hurts under center. Um, Cowboys moved to 11-4 and four with their 40-34 to 34 win. And I think Kyle Brandt summed it up very nicely on Good Morning Football. You want to jump up and down, and I'm paraphrasing what he said. If you're, if you're thrilled for the Cowboys, if you're a Cowboys fan, have at it. You didn't sack the backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, and they they had to rally to win it. Once again, they had Dak Prescott did a great job. He did. But why are you in that situation against a team that's missing its MVP candidate quarterback? Why do you have to rally? And an Eagles team that didn't have a healthy offensive line. Lane Johnson's banged up. And they don't get a sack. 
the great Micah Parsons, who no longer is the favorite for defensive player of the year. That's Nick Bosa right now. And it doesn't hurt when George Kittle, his teammate, is blowing the whistle, blowing the horn for him and saying, hey, this guy's the defensive player of the year. I don't know why people don't talk about him as an MVP candidate. Well, he's not at that level. I would support it if he were en route to 25 sacks. But he's got 17 and a half right now, tops in the league. And he now is the favorite. Um, Micah Parsons, it appeared, had won that award. But uh, he he at times goes away. You don't even know he's on the field, Parsons. But uh, the Cowboys won. And uh, like Brant said, I- I'm not buying him. You want to you bet Dallas to represent the NF- NFC? Have at it. Uh, I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I'll take Philly and San Francisco and you can have the rest of them and feel pretty good about my chances. So I'll get to the Niners right now. They're 11 and four. They'd already clinched the NFC West, but they, they beat up on the commanders 37 to 20. My boy, Ron Rivera now seven, seven and one. Uh, it's the eighth straight win for the 49ers. Doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is, right? I mean, Brock Purdy continues to roll. But there's a quarterback change coming in uh, in Washington. Taylor Heineke was benched, and Rivera was saying great things about Carson Wentz. And he's going to probably make that announcement today or tomorrow, uh, Rivera, as to whether Wentz gets the start for the commanders in week 17. That's, that's going to be is going to be interesting as they're trying to get themselves a playoff position. A team people are finally starting to talk about that I've been high on all year are the Cincinnati Bengals. They're uh, they're eleven and four. They're going to win the a- AFC North. More on this coming weekend schedule in a bit. But they they beat the Patriots twenty two to eighteen seven straight now for Joe Burrow, the reigning MVP. They had a really good first half. New England got nasty in the second half defensively and shut some things down, and the Bengals made some mistakes. Burrow had a couple of picks, and I think they lost a fumble as well. But I I think the Bengals have have been short-changed all year in terms of the way the wagering public looks at them. They were not even among the couple favorites to represent the AFC. Defending defending AFC champs, Burrow was one of the longer shots on the board of the QBs. I think he was fourth or fifth in line to win MVP. He won it last year. But uh, like the way they're playing, they played well enough to hang on and cover. Bengals covered for me. Thank you. The Vikings did not. And I will never say or click, give me the Vikings although you don't click on give me the Vikings. Uh, I will not say that again the rest of this year. And we I should admire the hell out of them for being 11-0 and in one-score games. That's an NFL record. They have, they have won 11 one-score games this year. They are 12-3. and But I can't. I can't fall in love with a team that gives up so many big plays to the passing game. Daniel Jones threw for more than 300 yards. That was why I liked the over in this game. It was it was it didn't clear it by much, but I know the Vikings don't defend the pass. But I still I'm like, okay, it's Daniel Jones. He's an athletic guy, runs it all right, but I I think the Vikings should handle four and a half 
after the way they struggled the previous week um, and had to rally like hell to catch the Indianapolis Colts, had to set an NFL record for comeback. The cardiac Vikings, people are saying, they don't run away from people and hide. And ultimately, style points don't matter. All you got to do is win that game. But I, I can't get behind a team that doesn't defend the pass better than Minnesota does. And Justin Jefferson is amazing. And he's going to get the 2,000 yards this year. First guy who will do that. But uh, I, I am not on board Team Viking. Uh, the Texans over the Titans, 19-14. to 14. The Texans win for the second time this year. The Titans fall to 7-8. and eight. And Jacksonville, via its win on Thursday over the Jets, the 19-3 to three game, the the Texans are not the, the Titans are not going to win that division. Jacksonville is going to rise to the occasion and win the AFC South. They were a huge dog, like 25 to 1 at the beginning of the year. So the Texans get to the Titans. Man, are the Titans falling apart. Five straight losses for them. Chiefs over the Seahawks Saturday. Chiefs are now 12 and 3. They've won three straight. They're 6 and 2 on the road this year. Seahawks not dead yet, but it's 7 and 8. It's getting to be a tougher road to hoe. Um, Panthers over the Lions. Huge disappointment as everyone jumps on board with Dan Campbell as a coach of the year candidate. And I did too, but I said I qualified it. Remember, don't pound me for this uh, unless you qualify it by saying you got to get to the playoffs if you're a coach of the year candidate. And right now at seven and eight, it's looking kind of tricky for the Lions. And they've got to play the Packers the last game of the season. That is going to be a fun one. The Ravens over the Falcons, 17 to nine. Um, Ravens not getting much attention these days. I don't hear a whole lot of discussion about Baltimore because Lamar Jackson hasn't been participating, but they continue to grind out wins 17 to nine over the Falcons. I didn't see a snap of that game. I had no desire really to do anything more than look at the box score and I retain none of it. Uh, the saints over the Browns, 17 to 10 is the final there. Uh, both clubs six and nine on the season. No other thoughts on that particularly. Uh, the night game on Saturday is worth a moment or two. It's, it's picket to pickens and the Steelers take care of business against the Raiders on the night they honored the late Franco Harris and the Steelers in doing so better their record to seven and eight. And they have a puncher's chance of getting to the playoffs as well. They're also trying to, Mike Tomlin's trying to avoid his first losing season as a head coach. Been there 16 years, man. That's pretty impressive. You got to go back to the 80s to find a Pittsburgh team that really fell off the, the map and went like 6 and 10 bad. I think those were Bubby Brister's Steelers. <laughs> Merrill Hodge. Not getting it done, but uh, enjoyed seeing Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh cover that one, too. Uh, I had the Steelers on Saturday night. You're happy for me. Sounds like I had a pretty good weekend, right? No, no, no. I mentioned I had Miami, and uh, there was one other loser. I only played, I think, five games over the week. I did do a parlay that connected, and you're incredibly happy for me, I'm sure. I will be playing tonight's game. I'm going to take the Chargers tonight because Indianapolis is so goddamn bad. I, I just, I, they, they blew a 33-point lead last week, in case you didn't hear. 
I can't get behind them. All right, I want to spend a couple minutes talking about Justin Fields, the passer, and this is exclusively as a passer. I make no quarrel with his leadership, his work ethic, his personality, his ability to change the game as a runner. He, you know, nobody needs, he doesn't need that from me or anyone else. The numbers speak for themselves. He's one of three guys in league history at his position who's rushed for more than 1,000 yards. As a runner, he is gold. You got no worries there. You have, Bears fans, one of the most elite running quarterbacks in the game's history. Enjoy that. The next guy who wins a Super Bowl, more because of his legs than his arm, will be the first. Lamar Jackson hasn't done it. And don't tell me Steve Young. Someone tried to do that. Look at the Steve Young numbers from the 49ers Super Bowl championship winners over the Chargers. He he rarely ran the ball. When those guys ran, they were running for their lives. There weren't many called runs for quarterbacks in that era. His numbers in terms of attempts and yards pale in comparison to the great court running quarterbacks of the game today. Which metrics, which metric, I should say, means the most to you when we're talking about evaluating your quarterback? Is it rating? Is it yards per pass attempt? That's getting more and more popular. People are starting to throw that out more regularly. I always have liked it. Is it touchdown passes versus interceptions? Again, we're talking about grading your quarterback as a passer, not in any way taking into account how valuable he might be as a running back. There are there are quarterbacks in history who have produced great ratings. Philip Rivers comes to mind first, and these guys never got to a Super Bowl. So quarterback rating isn't everything. It's flawed. QBR is flawed. But since rating is the one we regularly go to, let's look at where Justin Fields ranks in the game today. He's a next page guy. When you go to NFL.com and you go down individual stats, you can click which column you want to isolate. When you click rating, the first 25 names in the league come up. And then you go to the next page. You find Justin Fields on your next page. As a passer, Justin Fields is a next page guy. Trevor Lawrence has a much higher rating. And you you, you know who the obvious studs are going to be. You're going to have Jalen Hurts and you're going to have Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Those are obvious. But here are some other names of guys whose quarterbacks rate higher than yours, Bears fans. Trevor Lawrence with a 96. Andy Dalton has a 95.7 rating this year. And a 7.5 yards per attempt, which is pretty damn good, especially on that team. Dalton hasn't made every start, but he's thrown for 17 touchdowns and only eight picks. Both of those better than Justin Fields who also hasn't made every start, in fairness. Ryan Tannehill has a better rating by more than 10 points than Justin Fields. Daniel Jones rates better than Justin Fields. Jones is a 90.7. 
He's only thrown five interceptions this year. And he's thrown it a lot more than Fields has. Taylor Heineke has a better rating than Justin Fields this year, 89.6. Jacoby Brissett, before yielding to Deshaun Watson following his suspension, has an 88.9 rating. And then finally, we get to Fields. Justin Fields has an 88.3 rating. Both San Francisco quarterbacks are rated higher than Justin Fields is by like 20 points. Both Brock Purdy and Jimmy G are at 103. All right. If that isn't everything for you, you want to look at completion percentage. And the best in the league this year is Geno Smith, in case you didn't know. There are guys between the best in the league and Justin Fields, a next page guy again, um, whose names will, will bother you. Colt McCoy is one of them. Granted, he hasn't made a ton of starts. Neither has Tyler Hundley. But both have completed about 67% of their passes. Matt freaking Ryan, in a disaster year, has completed 67% of his passes. Daniel Jones is 66 and a half. Kyler Murray is 66 and change. Here are other guys whose names will appear before you get to Fields, who is at 62.3%. Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston, and Carson Wentz. Then you get to Fields. Oh, Kenny Pickett's higher, too, at 66%. Then there's Justin Fields. 62.3% of his passes are complete. That's the same number as Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, and he's won an MVP. Running quarterbacks don't rate well comparatively. You have got to make things happen as a passer. Otherwise, you're you're handicapping your team. Jackson won an MVP, hasn't gone to the big stage yet. 28 guys have attempted more passes than Justin Fields. That's on Bears coaches. That's not on him. That's on his coaches. You've got to have this guy throw more than 21, 23 times a game. That's what he threw for the other day, right? 23 passes before getting lifted for Peterman. Only nine guys have thrown more picks than Fields has. Patrick Mahomes has almost doubled Fields in passing attempts. He's almost doubled him. 580 to 297. That's close to doubling the attempts. And Mahomes has thrown only one more interception than Justin Fields has. He's got a long way to go, Bears fans. Those those are the numbers. I gave you three different metrics. Quarterback passer rating. Completion percentage. And pass attempts. Pass attempts versus picks. Got a long way to go. They should get him some help. That would make things better. <laughs> to win the Super Bowl right now, the Bills are the favorite at plus 350. I do not buy that. I don't want it. Um, they did something Saturday I hadn't seen them do. They they played muscle-up football in cold weather. Two running backs getting off, 
but they did it against the Bears. That can't give me a ton of optimism. Philly is five to one. KC is five to one. San Francisco six to one. And there are the Bengals. No respect. Seven to one. Man, it's it, it was, these numbers change all the time. I, I, there are so many I've already let get away. I, I let Geno Smith. I let the odds just go totally against me for comeback player of the year, which he's, he's won basically. I let it pass when I thought Nick Bosa might be a good play at 10 to one to win Depoy defensive player of the year. Now he's the favorite burrow was once 22 to one to win the MVP. Now I think Mahomes is going to win it. He's minus 400. So he's a, he's the prohibitive favorite right now to win MVP hurts really getting penalized uh, in the eyes of voters and those who play point spreads too, or, or, or propositional spreads in this case, six to one burrow, seven to one week 16 gets punctuated tonight in Indianapolis, the Colts and the LA chargers, the chargers, four point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and lay that. If, uh, if the Colts, they should have a camera in the home of Bill Cower where he's watching the game to get his reaction when good things happen or bad things happen to the Indianapolis Colts since he was practically on the verge of lighting himself on fire over the hiring of Jeff Saturday, who had not served his, his apprenticeship and had no business in the sacred world of sideline mentoring Oh, man, that would be fun. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers tonight. The Colts are they're, they're awful. And um, I'll wrap it up with uh, with a win there. Some quick thoughts on week 17, early lines of note. The Bears are getting five, and this game will be Sunday. They're going to play on New Year's Day. Bears are getting five at Detroit, a total of 51 and a half. The way the Detroit Lions gave up rushing yards to the Carolina Panthers Saturday, I I, I got to go over here. The Bears can't be that awful two weeks in a row running the ball. I have no I no desire to take the Bears getting the points. I think this is a game that Detroit uh, is equipped to win. They should be strong enough where the Bears are weak to uh, to cover that, but I, we'll get back to that a little bit later. Jaguars, are they America's team? Thursday's podcast, I'm going to try to illuminate um, which team should be called America's team. People still call the Dallas Cowboys that. They haven't been America's team since Roger Staubach stopped playing there. So quit saying that. Jaguars minus four against the Texans. Rooting for the Jags now. Minus 250 to win the AFC South. The Packers are home with the Vikings this weekend. And Green Bay is favored. Green Bay's minus three at home against the Vikings. And then the Packers and Lions play in week 18. Man, this is fun down the stretch. Ravens and Steelers are a great game to watch this weekend as the AFC North shakes out and the Steelers cling to a playoff possibility. Baltimore is a four-point favorite in that one. The Panthers and Buccaneers, whether anybody in America outside of Tampa or Charlotte cares, doesn't matter. They're going to play, and that game is, is largely going to swing who wins the NFC South. Tom Brady clings to life at 7-8 and eight with his overtime win against Arizona. This one, not a divisional game, but it's going to be a great game to watch. Buffalo at Cincinnati should be a lot of fun this weekend. 
Bills are a one-point favorite because nobody is given the guys in those goofy-ass striped helmets and uniforms the, the respect they deserve. I'm going to jump in today while I can get a point still. The Bengals are going to win that game. I, I just I trust Joe Burrow. He is ice water in his veins. I don't necessarily like him, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for his game, and they've got two capable running backs. They're going to score points. The, the Bengals we saw in the first half Saturday in Miami, that's the Bengals team I, I choose to look at. I, you know, whether they have to grind out some wins time, to, I see that. They're not always a cover machine, and they barely made it this past weekend. But I'm getting behind this football team. That That's the that's a great thing about sports. Sometimes these unexpected joy rides come your way, and sometimes it's a little bit of schadenfreude. You're, you're rooting against somebody as much as you're rooting for somebody. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of, of what Joe Burrow and the Bengals are capable of accomplishing. There's three or four teams I could see getting out. Actually, I should say three teams, I think, look real strong in the AFC. NFC's only got two. You got three in the NFC. Starts for me with Kansas City. Like them better than I like Buffalo. And uh, the Bengals are right there, too. In fact, I might even like the Bengals more than I like Buffalo. Um, we'll talk more about that and we will try to get, I will not we, cause you don't get to participate here. Um, I'll try to shed some light on what, what America's team truly means and who should be considered America's team this year. I'm not sure I know the answer, but I've been thinking about that and I'll share it with you on Thursday as we get ready for the 16th week in uh, the national, I'm sorry, 17th in the National Football League. Adam Delavant, Baby Capone, is my boss at uh, Bet Rivers, and I thank Adam for everything he does for the podcast and everything he's done for me. Also, Sam Michael, who produces the podcast, thank you for a job well done. He's just lying in the weeds. His Chiefs are just, 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 just you know, very quietly winning their division and en route to another 13, 14 victories on the season. Just typical if you're a Chiefs fan. Thank you for listening. Please tell friends about it. Um, if you miss the Macker, he's still doing it twice a week on Bet Rivers. I am Dan McNeil. Thank you for listening. I'm Taylor Lights. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.